1: at it again with another shade of blue. My name is Cody Bradley. I've got Thad Bell, Robert Russert, and tonight we are reuniting the original crew. It is such a beautiful thing. We have Allie Trost of 810 Sports Radio here with us. Allie, oh my gosh, the crew is reunited. This is amazing. I
2: know, this is so fun. I was, I really was like looking forward to this all day. Once it hit like four o'clock, I'm like, okay, we're in the two hour window, let's go. Like, I'm just ready to do it now, so. Uh very happy to talk some sporting and soccer with you guys again. Be yeah,
1: you've been you've been requested by our community as of late, so more than more than once, it. yes. More than once. Right. Love the squad. Love the blue testament <laughs>
2: faithful.
1: So if you are a new listener, Allie was a uh, part of our original crew here. I guess maybe the second original, Thad and Mike used to do this back in the day, but in our current iteration. Allie Ali started this with us. It used to be our foursome back back in the old in the old radio station studios. And so yes, it's very good. And she of course went on to bigger and more wonderful things, and and is doing an awesome job. I'm sure everyone is familiar with your stuff already from Sporting and Chiefs.
2: Yeah, not just um, soccer anymore, which has right. been really fun but challenging too. Because as Busy. you all know, in Kansas City, it's not just. Chiefs, Royal Sporting. It's also college football, college basketball. You get a little, uh, you know, national stuff in there too with sports and teams that aren't even near Kansas City. So right. it's a little bit of everything, but it's been really, really fun. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. But uh, soccer, you guys know, football will always be my number one.
1: <laughs> nice. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into it, Bob. I want you. Can you get us started here with a conversation topic? Do you have something?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you checked out my article on the bluetestament.com, uh, analyzing the latest uh, loss, the Orlando loss, but uh, a number of reactions, which we thought were kind of compelling. The uh, argument that, you know, we've seen this Kyrie film at center forward before where he struggles some. And uh, this one responder said, yeah, he definitely belongs out on the wing. And where's Kyrie best fit in your minds? What do you guys think?
3: This really know. does bring us back to the old days because I think we had this conversation for like a year long. We yeah. we did.
2: I, you guys know I'm a, a big Kyrie fan and I will stand him every time we talk. Every time the subject gets brought up, but I I think what's really interesting is I I can't wait to see what Peter does in the attack going forward now during this stretch of like what nine games in 30 days because we saw a little bit of something against Orlando that I think is very intriguing and for I asked him a question about this in the press conference the other week about whether or not we'll see it again and he didn't say no and that was in the final 30 minutes when Polito subs in as an attacking mid and then you've got Polito or not Polito. you've got Shelton playing in in the number nine role. You've got Hurtado in the mix, and they had so many weapons offensively. They were getting some good looks, but they just couldn't put anything in the back of the net, although they actually did, but it was called back off sides. Eventually. Polito plays a bit more. He doesn't play like a true number nine. He does play a a little bit in that – what we called on the final whistle show in like the nine and three quarters. It's not the 10 it's not the nine he plays in that space between and is that great connector between the midfield and the attack and and yeah we've seen him score goals he can put the ball in the back of the net but if they if a game calls for a situation where. You have a Kyrie Shelton or even an Eric Curtado who's better at that hold-up play, brings out more physical presence to the number nine role, and then you plug Polito in at the 10 or, you know, alongside Gotti of that gives you options then to play a, a Johnny and a Gerso out on the wing because Gerso's been the best option for them on the left, in my opinion, so far. And so I think that that's something we might see more of. Vermees is going to put Polito at the nine. I don't think you're going to start seeing him at the 10 on a consistent basis, but I do think it's an interesting option Hopefully that not. they do have um, and, and Kyrie has looked better on the wing throughout this season. We've seen him score goals. though, uh, playing center forward, I can't remember what game it was now, but he had that nice oh, little yeah. run up the middle and it was a beautiful finish. Um, so he, he's been a better and more clinical finisher this season, but he has just been a, a stronger presence out on the wing when he doesn't maybe have to be consumed by all of those duties that he usually has playing the nine, which is to do a little bit more of holdup play than actually, uh, maybe being more on the ball.
0: So in that scenario that you just described, am I seeing Shelton on the right? Is that what you're saying?
2: Perhaps. I mean, it it could be, like, I think there's a lot of ways he could go about it. I think Eric Hurtado, to me, is a player that, you know, in just some quick flashes brings a lot of great stuff to the field. I mean, he is a threat when he's, you know, on the ball and and just kind of barreling through opposing defense. It's kind of like in a Diego Rubio type way. So maybe you do have an Eric Hurtado at the nine who is – Bringing more of a physical presence, bringing you know just a lot of that kind of annoying you know annoyingness to it. You know, hold up play being a, a physical presence. Then you put a Gerso and a Shelton out on the wings, or a Gerso and a Johnny, and then you have Kinda and Polito playing. You know, as the attacking mids. I think that that might be one of their best scoring options as far as creating chances and just having a lot of different types of of threatening pieces in in the mix. But you know, you know, the problem for this team isn't on offense it's on no, defense. I thought was just saying you know, the they, same thing <laughs> they, they've got plenty like they have plenty of options Burmese can and he has done a lot of rotating up top and he's also done a lot of rotating on the defensive side of the ball the difference is it's paid off for them on one side of the field and maybe not so much on the other so I don't think that the question or the the, the issue really is like oh where's Shelton going to be better Vermees is going to put him where he's going to be best, especially down the stretch. I think it was more out of necessity that they had him in at the nine because of Polito coming back from an injury. That's not going to be where you're, you're going to see him for the rest of the season. But, you know, they can still score goals and win games with Shelton in, in at the nine, maybe not win. Well, you know, they scored en- enough goals to maybe get a win in, in those last couple of games. But, but yeah, I just think, like, they have plenty of options up top to, to rotate uh, offensively and Polito coming back. Gives him an option, I think, both in midfield and uh, in the attack.
1: Well, speaking of all those options, I was waiting. You, you're mentioning uh, mentioning all these wingers. I was waiting for you to mention little brother, and I didn't hear it. Uh, <laughs> guys,
2: he's he's got a. That it's not a it's not a soccer issue for him because here's the yeah. thing: Daniel Shallow, He's a great soccer player. He's he's very talented. It's all up here. Right. That's that's what's got to be fixed, and and those kind of things. You know, it, it's kind of it's hard because. You know, on one hand, if he's not performing, you're not going to put him in the game. But the only way to kind of overcome some of those deficiencies that you're seeing or, you know, just shortcomings that you're seeing on the field, you need to have the minutes to, to get past it. And yeah. so it's kind of this uh, this weird, uh, you know, in between that the club's in because we've seen him be at his absolute best when, you know, in 2018, he was well, and- I think led the team in scoring
1: and what a terrible season for him to try to come back or to, to try to like to you know find himself again when the season is, is cut short and there's a break in the middle of it and then he gets it himself and has to sit out like oh yeah. it's just it's just not definitely, looking good moment
2: definitely a developmental setback for him which is interesting because it's been a huge you know season developmentally for some of the other young players so you know it just if you know Vermees says this all the time you don't get minutes unless you deserve them and I think you're seeing that with the young players getting minutes and and players like Daniel who's technically one of their younger homegrown guys not getting minutes because he's maybe not contributing as much on the field or in practice they just don't like what they're seeing
1: yeah so uh we briefly got on defenders there for a second we were talking we recently did the other night we did a podcast with Jacob Peterson if you haven't caught that go back and check that one and uh, that that was what I was asking him about you know just trying to figure out you know Vermees and the whole staff are trying anything and everything every combination imaginable do you even have a preferred center back pairing?
2: Yeah I yes and no because like we've seen so many different uh, pairings at center back so far and while there have been Great moments from different, you know, whether that was Matt Beesler and Pucic or Pucic and Graham Smith or Winston Reed. Like, you know, we've seen all of them have great moments. But well, right. Yeah. That's,
1: that, that's actually Gr- the interesting part is, is, you know, that's like two different questions. It's not who are the two best center backs. It's like it, we're, we have the to try consistent. to find, yeah, we have to try to find, you know, what works so well for all these years was Beesler and Ike working so well together and, you know, just the cohesiveness on the back line. And that's, you know, that's what they have yet to find. Like you said, there's been good performances, individual performances all over and reason to think that, you know, reason to think at least that all of them are are worthy in this league, and can be effective for the team is just putting it together and finding the right duo that works.
2: Yeah, we had a caller in the postgame show just go off saying that this is a talent issue. The defense is just so bad. These players, Matt Beasley needs to hang them up. I don't think it's a talent issue. It's a continuity issue. If you look at the, the goals that Orlando scored specifically, there are some really bad moments of communication there. You can yeah. outperform maybe what your actual talent level is or even you know, where you're at physically in your career by having great communication, having continuity and that's been totally missing for this team uh, I think it was the first goal that Orlando scored or, or I can't remember which one it was but Matt Beisler stepped mm-hmm. he had the man he had the guy behind him on his shoulder Poonchic was facing the direction that would have allowed him to signal Beisler and let him know that he had a player on his shoulder he didn't Beisler steps Poonchic is covering another runner and then it leaves the you know, a wide open space to play the ball over, and then boom—you've got pretty much a just a non-contested scoring opportunity for Orla- for Orlando. So I think with this sporting defense, it's not a matter of, you know, do they need to find a, a new piece to plug in at center back? Is—is is this not going to be achieved with anyone that they currently have? I think that they have the pieces. It's just they haven't been able to achieve the consistency that will allow them to know be better in some of those routine goals moments that we've seen so far this season as peter burmese called it right so
1: okay so I'm we're gonna take to a to quick hear... break and uh hopefully when we come back thad will stop watching sporting kc2 and contribute something <laughs> i tried i tried i could but, get a word in edgewise man okay yeah we'll be right back
2: <laughs> when it's a
0: fight night, when it's a fight night Whoa! we can gather all the
3: friends on Tonight, well it's a fun, fun night, whoa, whoa. well it's a fun, fun night. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, you know we're gonna feel alright. Alright,
1: that feels good. That feels good. to Have the whole gang back <laughs> and do that again. <laughs> so, Ali touched on this earlier. We've got nine games over 30 days coming up here. And Mike Kuhn in our Slack group – actually, I think he did it on, on Twitter too. Are you guys ready for Graham Zussi to play all nine of these games in a <laughs> row? <here? laughs> Which, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me, but you, you have to – even on, by Vermees' standards, you have to expect to see some, some squad rotation going into this. Cross your fingers and hope. Hope, oh, yeah. <laughs> have we seen a Lindsay on the right, Dia on the left combo this year yet? No, oh, well, I think not – not to start. I think maybe it yeah. happened mid-game once. I'm not sure. Yeah.
2: It's really uh, hard to keep track. I have no idea. Is. I'm just going to assume we've seen everything. I know. That's just what I was about. about to say. I'm assuming a it happened. Unless the player is playing out of position, we've seen it all.
0: <laughs> I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier.
2: <laughs> Let's, see two. Right.
0: Nice. Let's get All right. <laughs> 2 on the board. Thank you for yeah, your I'm participation earlier. Sorry. Wait. COVID nine games in 30 days, four teams only won't make the playoffs in our conference. Why not just experiment and try to find those combos and plan for next year? I mean, why not?
1: This year has an asterisk next to it anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just experiment. Do,
3: do you know Peter? He doesn't just.
1: Yes, I do. He I'm not doesn't talking just as
3: Peter. experiment. <laughs> he wins to win every single game. Well, I do so, too. But.
2: We had a. I actually we had a really good conversation with Peter, and we touched on this on the Sporting KC show this week. And he kind of brought up the point of you know now that they are entering this stretch, you know you're you're seeing teams that haven't rotated their roster as much up to this point start to suffer injuries and and different things that I think they've been trying to avoid. Whether that is out of you know necessity with players being out and trying to to rotate and and whatnot, but you know. I'm in the camp of, I think all of the rotation we have seen to this point is only going to help them down the stretch. Graham Zusi might be the only player we have not seen given any time on the bench, which is a credit to Graham Zusi because he's still outside of that one really, really, really bad giveaway has looked oh, yeah. up, to, up to the challenge each week. But I would love, I am, Amadou Dia to me might be one of the most surprising in the best way players of this season to me because I was pretty high on Luis Martins Um, at the end of last season. I thought he brought some really good stuff into this year, but Mm -hmm. that man needs to go try out to be a kicker in the NFL because I don't know if you guys have noticed every single shot he's taken has gone just miles over the goal and it's i don't know if that is actually the case it's just happened enough times for me to formulate that opinion um and, and and i think what you get with dia you we've seen a lot of really high quality opportunities when he's on the left side of the field and whether that's him combining for a and go drawing the corner drawing a free kick getting a good cross himself off you know he, he hasn't really taken many shots but he's created a lot of opportunity that you know when there's all that talk on what's going on with the left side of the field why can't they get even going there I think the answer is Amadou Dia because he seemed to create a lot of a lot of good stuff over there plus you throw in Jerso Fernandez who has just been again outside of just completely bombing this that that one uh, wide Mm -hmm. open in front of the net shot over the top and (laughs) to me the answer (laughs) on the left is Amadou Dia and Gerso Fernandez and I don't think that it's going to get any better than that with what we've seen so far
1: well we can't talk about Gerso without mentioning like everything you're saying is is right I agree with it 100% until the last touch of the ball that he makes that's, that's where I, you lose me on it's that. It's gotten
2: better. It's gotten be- like
1: I, I, I agree. It, it seems Very like it's gotten better. closer. A, a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, he's g- been, honestly,
2: one of – if we're going to hand up the most improved player award this season or a player who has been able to just kind of make those incremental changes in an area that was kind of their Achilles heel in the past, it's Jorso Fernandez, 100%. He's had so – like the number of times he has kind of done what Johnny was doing in 2018 were just – Burns pass like because he would almost never get to that point where he could take it to the to the goal line and then send like a really good cross over he, he'd lose it somewhere before mm-hmm. he got to that point point. and now he's he's getting there and he's creating a lot of good opportunities and he's even getting some chances in front of the goal too so he's yeah been a, a difference maker this season for sure yeah
1: he is creating more chances uh, that's that is for sure uh, there, he's got that one final touch has, has come along I think and his, must, his real strength be has been
3: mm. <laughs> <laughs> his real strength has been getting to the, the end line and, and trying to play it back into the box. Uh, but going back to the Dia and Martin's thing for a second, uh, Martin's one of his supposed strengths and what he's supposed to be doing good well, good at is doing the cross into the box, but we don't always have somebody in there that's got the height to put it away where I think Dia is actually better at driving to the end line also. So he's almost like a, another Gerso, but a better defender, more of a defender. Yes. So they can overlap. That's where I kind of like that pairing a little bit was if Dia goes through, he can go to the end line. Gerso can come back out and play, and he has the speed in case anybody loses it. So that's I think they're they they they're almost the same player, just one's more defensive, one's more attacking, obviously.
2: Yeah, I totally agree.
3: And if we can get maybe
0: Reed. Polito and the big body of Shelton in the box—that could be a weapon as well.
1: Yeah, those are we. That used to be the thing that nobody was big on this team, seemingly, or, or only one person. And now there's some there's some bigger dudes there. Polito can Polito can do some damage in the box with his head, I think.
2: But guys, I want to get your thoughts on this because we talked about I think we laughed a lot in like 2018 and maybe even early 2019 about this team always having like way more corner kick opportunities than their the team they play against and like have nothing to show for it they've gotten a little bit more creative with their looks they're trying some different things I for one am just happy to see something different instead of like okay here goes like you know, it was just basically just kind of like, okay, let's restart. The ball went out of bounds. It almost felt like a throw-in at times and not yeah. less of like, was like why do a we real even try dangerous it? opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I, I think they're getting somewhere yeah. with that. And so I'm hoping to so, see something break through here.
1: That last game, Nate said, I'm, was I mistaken? Did he say that Sporting Kansas City lead MLS in set-piece goals? That's like
0: or what? he, he did. said
1: that, and I, like I thought of that. How we always used to talk about that. I was like, "What world are we? What is 2020?" Well, that is where they. Pro-
2: That's probably honestly because of the two goals that they scored. I believe against FC Dallas and Amadou Dia. Guys, he's yeah. the one who set up both of those set pieces. So again,
3: and I, I think they're also counting like second chances. Second off chances. Yeah. So all it's all not just chances. it's not just the corner kick it's the second chance the ball being put back in and I think they've created a couple off of those so that's I, probably I, where that all comes from I can't recall
1: a single one of them being on the first chance though I I think literally all of them have been like just in the ensuing play which Russell, there's nothing wrong with it. at least it's working but I still goals. I, I don't think that that feeling has been entirely gone that there have been games maybe just an individual game that was frustrating but there's still times where it's they're they're about to send in a cross, and I'm like, why do why do we even do it? it it's we just know it's not gonna
3: work. Just try to dribble in there and see what happens. Like it just, just never works. Just give them the goal kick, and we'll just steal it back and try again. Yeah, um, honestly, yeah. that
2: like might be their their best try to let them
3: play from the back. Shot at will run it down or something.
2: Yeah, it's but again, if they keep doing more of like you know not just and again like their short corner got a little too obvious because they did it enough times where mm-hmm. you know it was it, it all that also wasn't really working but now they're kind of mixing up they're putting like a little spice on the short corner and i'm digging it so
3: yeah it was very 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 predictable
1: the other thing we need to talk about is busio having played in Ilie's spot while he was gone and doing so well, and now Thad. I'm blaming Thad here. Thad is the one that first asked this question. I didn't even ever think of it or anything like it. It's all Thad's fault. I'm blaming him. He, he asked me for question, everything anyway. Like so, if if Roger and Gotti Kinda are both healthy out there in the midfield, who do you start at holding midfield? Ilié or Busio?
2: I'd say Elie still. Good. Personally,
1: it's my girl Allie.
2: I think, I mean, I think Bucio did a fantastic job in the progress that he showed from, you know, game one to game, what, five yeah. or, you know, however many games passed where Ely was gone and he was uh, primarily playing at the six. I thought he did a fantastic job. And actually, I thought it was interesting because when he was then moved back to his natural attacking midfielder role, I thought he actually played that role better having yeah. had the defensive experience and, and training you know just understanding and seeing the field from a different spot so um i, I think you know busio's greatest skill going forward now is going to be his versatility and i think showcasing him in that role was big just for you know his growth and and how other teams see him for his development as well but i think if you're looking at just this team and and who is going to win out in that in that spot i'm going to say Elie. um just because the experience and i think you know he I need to go back and watch some of the tape. I know he had kind of a, uh, a role in, in one of the goals off of a set piece that happened. It was his first clearance. game back.
0: Yeah, week clearance.
2: Yeah, but, you know, it, it was interesting. We, we talked about this on the final whistle show, too, and, and Chad Reynolds had talked with some of the coaching staff after, and they were like, that was on us. Elie's first game back, you know, we shouldn't have put him in that position. And they took more of of the blame for that breakdown than maybe it was on Elie. But I think Elie is, is just, you know, from, again, if we're looking at continuity, it's going to be really big to have Elie, I think, kind of lead that, that role the rest of the way. Now they know though that they have some really great depth in Buccio.
3: Yeah.
0: In my uh, observations article, I was going to write some about Elie and Buccio, but it was getting too long. So it's like, yeah, I'll leave it out. But yeah, uh... You know, from my observations with Busio, I did that article about his, you know, watching him closely for two games. I watched Ilya really close. Ilya, I don't think, gets in as good of spots as quick as Busio does as far as receiving the ball from the backs. But what I think Ilya does overall is impacts the game in other ways. Uh, he's his on tackles, the ball. His tackles are better on the ball. He's He's just so good on the ball, guys. He just is under pressure. He's just so good on that. And I think he plays more penetrating balls, too. So I think overall, Ilya impacts the game in a more positive way
3: from the side. That's going to disagree. I can see it on his face. Yeah, you, you, you know you can. Um, and I have to, just because if nobody else does, I have to like argue the <laughs> other side, right?
2: Our favorite contrarian.
3: Right. Just like last year, Felipe Gutierrez, nobody wanted him to play the six. But when he played the six, the team played better. I think Busio is kind of in that same thing. Obviously, Ilya is more experienced obviously Ilya knows the position better and at some point he is going to be a fantastic coach explaining how to play that role to other players but Busio doing it without Ilya there to give any advice and yeah I, I we could say it was on the the coaches for even playing Ilya that with that game but they also didn't have a lot of choice because Busio was out he, he, they didn't right. have much yeah. other choice to play that spot it would have been you know Winston Reed playing that spot or something like that but that's I think that Busio – I agree with Ali that Busio looked even better when he moved forward because he has that experience. Because I think Busio kind of has played – because of playing in the academy and always being a level above most of the players he was with, he kind of had a lot more freedom to just do what he wanted and Mm -hmm. play between lines and not have quite as much responsibility. And that's part of growing up and becoming the experienced player. He has to have those responsibilities. Playing the six made him do better at that. So he was m- perhaps more effective as a as an 8-10 slash ten that sporting plays. But I still think that right now, if I was going to put – if I had all those other guys available, I might start Busio. I'm not saying I would 100% start Busio, but I might start Busio at the, the sixth spot.
0: Well, with all the games and the focus, the concentration of him, he's going to see plenty of time.
1: Yeah. I- yeah. Okay. Parting question here. I want to hear who, what you, who you guys are starting at center back this weekend. Thad.
2: I, oh man.
1: <laughs> Ellie, you get some time to think. I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to mess with that. Reed and Punchich. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm with that on that one. I'm
1: going to yeah, say Reed Punch- and
2: Poonchic as well.
0: I agree too. I think Poonchic really picked up his game that second half. Uh, but Bezos hurt possibly too, maybe. I'm unsure about that. Yeah, that's what Jake but said last night. Here's what really matters. If you're Tim Amelia, what the heck are your thoughts right now? Are you going to the coaching staff and saying, help me out here, guys? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I think Tim should have a say in it because, again, like I said earlier, communication can help right some of the wrongs of maybe – talent mismatches or, you know, just things that you, I, they're going up some really great uh, speedy attacks that, you know, this Houston team is going to be the same thing, even without Albert, Elise. It's, they've been exploited by them time and time again, but you can help kind of correct some of that with just good communication. Both of Orlando's goals would have never happened if it had just been for, uh, you know, in Felipe, Guti- uh, not Gutierrez, Felipe Hernandez's you know, instance and in, in, on, on goal number two, had he been defending the first ball better, that, that cross never gets off. And also, you know, if they don't play the offside strap and communicate a little bit better there in that moment, and Beesler doesn't make that step, even though Pucic and Dia are keeping, you know, the line intact for, you know, Orlando to be on sides. It's just, those were just communication breakdowns. A, a couple of, you know, directions from, from someone who can see the field a bit better, you're not, neither of those goals happen. And so I think just communication is going to be big. And if the best consistency that you can find and the best communication is with Pucic and Reed which it looks like it might be, then hopefully that's who you're going to start seeing going forward. But again, we've also seen Beisler when he was healthy, come in and, you know, clean up a mess that Graham Smith left on the field. So it's just, you know, we've seen Graham Smith look really good and we've seen Pucic look really good. And we've seen all these combinations look good at times together. I just, I I truly don't know the answer as to which one's going to be the most consistent down the stretch and through the rest of the season into the playoffs. I I don't know. Well, the... The
1: the rest of SKC Nation agree with us on there. Looking at our lineup poll, the, those are the two center backs that everybody is rolling with here. And, Recency
2: uh, bias.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's but that is the problem is like every time a, a pair does a really good game, the next game that pair doesn't work as well together. That consistency. Well, Puchec only
1: came in for the second half,
3: right? It was just like, all right, he had a decent
1: second half. Let's see what he can do.
2: Yeah, but no, it, he it also it. it's it's not all on you know just the center backs are on the back line. You know the, the plays a role in this as well. And Elie was quick to point that out in the postgame presser um, after the Orlando game. You know he did say uh, the the breakdown and the first ball that that you know kind of created the the second goal for Orlando. That sh- that was on the midfield to to keep that that play from happening granted it's also on Matt Beasler to be better defensively in that moment not make that step not you know create this this huge opening for you know them to not only stay on side because he tried to step and that you know no one else was stepping with them and and I think that you know again you can blame both sides of it but it, it is not just on the defense in some of these moments defensively but they have been definitely the culprit of a couple of really bad moments
1: basically what we've learned over the last two podcasts this week is that we still don't know anything. Right. Is that where we're at? Okay. Did we just learn
3: that after these podcasts? I mean, I think we've learned it after every year, man. Accurate partial information, right? That's what you get from us.
1: Okay. Allie, thank you so much for joining. We're going to have to do this
3: again before too long here. Should have got you more when you were quarantined. So yeah,
2: I was, I was busier in quarantine, you guys, than I think ever before.
1: Are you going into an office for now? You are? Yeah, Yeah,
2: so I I work like partly from home and then um, I'm in the station, you know, for my show and different things like that,
1: so. so great to have you. A bit of nostalgia bringing us back here. I'm sure all of the fans are excited to hear you again, so thank you very much.
2: Of course. Love you guys.
1: Alright, guys. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlueTestamentKC and join us at thebluetestament.com and leave us a comment and then we'll talk soon. Good sporting! Woo!
0: (laughs) <laughs> don't seem so tough And three goals Ain't all
1: that rough A skipper Has just been sent off Some part of strong Have all off. off. My foot buttings Got me
0: drinking My foot buttings Got me drinking My foot buttings Got me drinking Give me a beer of whiskey Winter gin Anything Shake this, but I'm
1: in my for